Hey, podcast listeners. On today's episode, we got the opportunity to interview Joe Flom, winner of Top Chef Season 15 and an executive set chef here in Chicago. He's actually starting up his own project over in the West Loop Fulton Market District. Uh, and it was a awesome, awesome interview. A lot of good insight into his life, his fitness, um, and some good comedic times too. So listen in, enjoy, review the podcast if you guys like it. We really appreciate you guys listening. See ya. All right, let's get this started. Guys, welcome back to the Lift Chicago podcast here. Uh, this is episode number 12 or 13, I believe. Uh, today, we have a really special guest, Joe Flom. He's actually uh, an executive chef here in Chicago. Um, he's at, he has a, or he's at a Michigan or Chicago Michelin starred uh, restaurant called Spa, Spiaga. Is that <laughs> a- oh, that's great. I left Spiaggia in October. I'm working on my own project now. Um, we're opening in Fulton Market uh, late this summer. We're shooting for late August, early September. Uh, Croatian-Italian kind of coastal uh, wine-focused concept. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so if you guys don't know who Joe is, if you've ever watched uh, Top Chef, you won, what, season 15? Season 15, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, so he has a lot of experience within the executive chef world. Um, he's really known well in the Chicagoland area here. And today we're just going to kind of interview him, uh, give you guys a little insight into his life and kind of just bring you guys as much value, um, as well as a little entertainment here. So Joe, I I guess kind of took a little bit of your introduction, but I want you to kind of give the audience, uh, your background, you know, where you came from, how you got to where you are now. Yeah, so um, I started working in restaurants when I was 15. I'm born and raised in Chicago, uh, South Sider, and um, was doing that through high school into college. I was going to college for business, for accounting. It was a couple of years into that and decided that wasn't the road for me. And just one day, literally just dropped out of college, um, decided to go to culinary school, started culinary school, and I started working for uh, Art Smith at Table 52 a week later. Um, and that was like my first real, like, real kitchen job. And it was just one of those things where, you know, I fell in love with it right away, where it was instantly like, you know, this is where I belong. And it's just like the intensity of it, um, the camaraderie of it, just everything about it. And so that was probably uh, 13 years ago at this point. So I started there. I was there for a couple of years as a cook. I went to the University Club of Chicago. I spent a year there. Um, I left there and went to, um, I opened Girl and the Goat with Stephanie Izzard. Um, and so I was on that team for a couple of years. That was the first place I was ever a sous chef. Um, I left there, opened Belly, Q and Irving Belly with Bill Kim, also in the West Loop. And then I left there to go to Spiaggia, where I started as a sous chef. And I worked there for six years as executive chef. Um, so... I've kind of been all over the place in Chicago. And then, you know, after the whole Top Chef thing, um, I'd kind of, before that, started already playing with the idea of I wanted to open my own place and do my own thing and talking to investors and stuff. And then that was like a catalyst of like, okay, now it's time to really get serious and start making moves. So that's when this whole thing kind of jumped off and we started working on this project in uh, Fulton Market. And I really wanted to be back in the West Loop. I love the West Loop. And... Um, we found an amazing space on the corner of Fulton and Sagamon. And it's just, you know, it's perfect for the project we want to do. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually, uh, I had the, uh, the pleasure of dining with uh, Joe once at Spiaggia. And I remember part of, part of it because Joe made a good time. 
<laughs> well, that was always the thing when the trainers came in. It was like, okay, well, I'm going to hurt you guys as bad as you hurt me when I come to the gym. Like, I mean, you're gonna, I want you to feel like I feel the next day. Like, you're going to be so hungover. You're going to be so full. Just feel so, like, absolutely crushed. It's like, you know, payback. Right. It's exactly. It's like uh, the best workout you never remember. It's the best meal I don't remember. So it's, it's right. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that was like a wild one too. Like, because um, uh, Dante and Cheryl were there too. They were in the dining room. So it was like, and you guys, it was like late in the night. And you know, Chad, we've never been to Spiage. It's a very like formal, nice dining room. And we're like sending shots across the dining room to each other, <laughs> just like absolutely ripping up. Like it was a, it was a mess. Yeah, it sounds like a good time. It was great. Um, yeah, Joe. So uh, I had the uh, I had the pleasure of training you, you know, handful of times as well at mm-hmm. this gym. And uh, you know, you work hard, and uh, I see you all the time. I follow you on Instagram, and you're always, you know, going out on runs. You're always, you know, hopping on your Peloton bike and all that stuff. Um, where where does your like fitness, you know, passion for fitness come from in general? Just like you are doing stuff. Is it because you are always, you know, eating such luscious food or is it just you as a person it's you know it was something i was never into when i when i started working out with you guys that was really when i started getting into it i hadn't worked out and you know when i went and started lifting with you guys was like i hadn't worked out in maybe like seven eight years like really and i never worked out with the trainer and i'd never done any of that so i was like okay kind of i'll give this a try and um i was just kind of coming off top chef and i was like you know life's speeding up and i need to like figure out good kind of systems and orders to get my life together. Um, and I just like felt like going to the gym for me at that point, it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So it's like, am I doing a good job? It's kind of like watching someone sharpen a knife who has no idea what you're doing. It's like, you have the right idea, but it's like, you're just fucking that thing up. And that's what it kind of felt like with my body was like, am I just like going and like doing the wrong shit? Like, I don't know. And it's, you know, and I'm, I'm a big guy, you know, I'm six, three and it's like, and I have a, a bigger build. So it's like always difficult. It's like, so, you know, should I be trying to get stronger? Like, I don't want to get bigger, you know, or like, should I try to get leaner or what? So, um, that's when I started. And the more and more I got into it, the more I started seeing progress, um, and then, you know, I have a one-year-old, once we got pregnant, it was kind of like, okay, well, I need to get my health more in check for it's like, you know, I've worked so hard for all these things in my life. I don't want to be one of these chefs who at 45 is dead from a heart attack when they finally, you know, they're getting the pinnacle of career. You're making real money. You know, you have a family, you have restaurants, things are going well. And it's like, you didn't take care of the most important resource being yourself. And it's just like, well, fuck this, you know? So that was really the driver for me. And now since I've been home working on the restaurant, I'm like, I need to get into really good systems now. So when we open the restaurant, I'm going hundred miles an hour, I'm working 80 hours a week. I'm still, you know, finding times to get a lift in, get a run in, get, you know, get on the Peloton bike, whatever it is. Like, because it's been, since I started working out, and I think it's been, let's say two and a half years, maybe three years, like what it's done for like my clarity and like what it's done for me, like just, um because it's like it's not something that i really i wouldn't say like i like it but i like the feeling of it you know it's like i think like like you guys are like sick fucks like you're like sitting there like like, can't wait to squat today you know it's like i never feel like that i'm never going to the gym like can't wait to squat today what a squat day you know um but i like the feeling of going in there and that feeling of like when you throw a bunch of weight on like you can't think about anything else in the day you can't think about like well, 
you know, are they going to cook the chicken right tonight? Did we order enough of this? Did we order enough of this? All you're thinking about is like, I hope this weight doesn't fucking squash me right. and my knees blow out and I die. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's, it's really because there's so much like for me, what I like is like the stress of the moment takes away the stress of the day, the week, the month, everything. You can shut out everything else. I can't think about new dishes. I can't think about new food. Like while I'm working out, all I can think about is completing the task at hand. And like you go into this kind of silo and because you shut everything off, it's almost like, you know, unplugging and replugging in. Then when you replug in, it's like, I just feel like, you know, your brain is just like functioning. You're more creative. You're more like, you know, you can sort out all the information that's coming at you really fast. Interesting take on it. Yeah. I mean, I feel that same way whenever I sit and I have to do a bunch of office work, I get in the gym and it clears my mind back up. Like right. this morning before I did this, I've, I actually am thinking right now, I can't wait to work out today. I'm going to get a massive workout in, but I was doing a bunch of office work before and I'm like, as soon as this is done, I'm getting that lift in. Right. 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 That's like, that's like your carrot at the end of it. Well, for me, it's like, you know, I'd always be like, I'm going early. I do my office work and then I'll be like, I'll go in extra early to do my office work and then I'll have 30 minutes to work on new dishes or an hour to work on new dishes. And that's my carrot at the end of the stick. It's like, I can't wait to get in the kitchen alone and like just work on some stuff. You know what I mean? Play around with some plating, do some dishes, do a little bit of R and D. That was always like my carrot for doing office work. And I always like felt like if I got that work on workout in first, like my head was just super clear. I can see that. So, uh, what do you, what do you consume on a daily basis? You know, obviously you know how to make a bunch of different shit, but do you have a regimen of what you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? You know, I think like, it's hard, you know, for like anyone who I've ever trained with, they're always like, you know, you train really hard, you go really hard and you do a good job at that. They're like, you know, the missing piece is nutrition. And I think it's, it's hard for a lot of chefs because we spoke, we've focused our whole lives on food. You know, we've, we know a ton about food. We know a ton about cooking, but we don't know a ton about nutrition. It's like, we know how to take anything and make it taste good. And the idea is always like, how do we make this taste the best? How do we make this the best? Um, so for me, it's just kind of trying to find a balance, you know, like right now with like quarantine and everything, since it's crazy, I write basically a week of menus at a time for me and my wife and my son. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, cooking, you know, three meals a day, seven days a week. Um, and just try to balance it as best as I can. You know what I mean? And try to give it enough variety. Try to do, you know, like one night's vegetarian, a couple nights of fish, a couple nights of meat. And just try to balance it like that. You know, lighter lunches and just, I've tried to do a better job of just buying better stuff to have in the house. Because it's like, well, if it's not around, you can't eat it. So it's like just having more stuff of like better snacks during the day of like, you know, cheese, fruit, um, you know, like protein bars, shit like that, as opposed to having, you know, like the problem is like when you're at the restaurant, it's like I would go from the gym to the restaurant and like I would hit there at the same time as like the bread delivery all the time. So it's like you just got 50 pounds of the most beautiful bread off a truck. It's like, what are you going to have for breakfast? Like, yeah, you know, rip off a piece of focaccia, you know what I mean? A little olive oil, a little honey, and it's like all day. Oh, man, now I'm hungry. It's my breakfast, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like, I think, the hard part with it with chefs. It's like, you know, and it's like, you know, and I know the people who it's like their meal planning, they, you know, like, like Mariah, who Josh and I uh, 
both now. We'll eat like ground turkey like seven days in a row. It's like, I'm, there's no fucking way in hell I'm going to eat ground turkey for dinner. So do you ever look at food for yourself or for your family as a sustenance style of meal? Or is it usually like, like you said, like you're always trying to make it taste good. Is it like, hey, I'm going to make sure that we're getting this food basically just to feed our bodies? Or is it always like, I'm going to butter and salt the shit out of this to make sure it tastes real good? I'm trying to back off of that summit and be like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, let's, you know, let's make it really good. But also it's like, what can we do to just make it, you know, a little bit more healthy, you know, just eat more vegetables, just eat more fish, you know? And like, that's usually the area I go with it. And it's just like less butter, more olive oil. Does that really work? I don't know, you know, and just trying to, you know, buy really good ingredients, I think is half the battle. For sure. Yeah, I remember when I, I mean, it's much different. When I was working in the bar industry and I got to run food back and forth from the kitchen, like there was always leftover stuff back there or like there was a mess up and they would just put it up in the, like in the right. warming bulbs, whatever those things are called. And I would just snack on fries, whatever. Obviously, right. you guys have much more fine dining where you were at. But I mean, I'm sure that's really hard for a chef too because you're tasting a lot of the stuff that you're putting out. Right. And, you know, like you talk to people and they'd be like, well, you know, like the chef saying, it's like, what do you normally eat? It's like you date a restaurant. It's like all sorts of shit. You know what I mean? You're tasting food all day. If you're working on a dish, like you might make a dish six times and try it. And it's like, and I know there's chefs who, who I've known who they're like real strict and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm on this diet and I'll just taste this and I'll spit it out. I'm like, I can't, I just can't do it. I can't do food like that. Like I can't, I enjoy the process of cooking too much. I enjoy creating a dish too much. Like I can't take the enjoyment out of it. Like we work way, way too hard to not enjoy it. And you know, and I think that's like, like the same kind of thing in your guys' industry is where it's like, you guys work really hard, but like, you know, you're like, can't wait to get a lift in later. You know, like, it's like, um, like if you don't enjoy it, you just can't do it. There's no, there's no middle ground. Like if you didn't enjoy it, you'd be, you know, whatever selling logistics or, you know, whatever all your, your U of I homies do. Like, you know, so it's like, that's for me, like super important. Yeah. 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 I think, um, like, Obviously for me, like I'm kind of, I'm in the middle of like where Mariah kind of was like just eating ground turkey every day. Um, like I can do that if I need to, I eat, mm. I like to eat for taste and do as best as I can. But like a lot of the times like, you know, we buy, I see like the three pound thing in ground turkey and I'm cooking it all up and just like waiting till I can throw it with like a different potato, vegetable and a sauce right. and then just eating that way. So um, like if I knew more what I was doing in the kitchen, I think I would take that time, but I also like, I hate cleaning dishes, so I don't. Do yeah. So. <laughs> well, as a chef, you have a dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, when well, I'm at the restaurant. Now, now I am my own dishwasher, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like that's the weird, you know, the crossroads of it. But I think, you know, the nice thing like for the chef is like, I feel like as I've learned like working out, it's like a lot of the principles of like, there's like a lot of kind of, things that intersect from like, you know, I think when you work with a good trainer, it's kind of like working with a good chef. It's like taking you to that point of like where this is where you thought you were comfortable, right? And we're going to work really, really hard at this level you thought you were comfortable at. And it's the same thing with like training up cooks. It's like, I'm going to get you to your max level. And then when you're there and you're like, this is everything. I'm like, just a little bit more. 
And it's always resetting that baseline every day, every day. And that's what we do with our cooks every day. It's like, okay, like, I know you thought that was the best you can cook and the fastest you can cook and the most you can produce and the most perfect you can play. But like, that was yesterday's. And it doesn't matter today. Now only today matters. And I think, you know, that was like a good thing as I got into fitness that it taught me of like using that mentality of like, you know, you have to just, you get it to the top and you keep going forward. And like the idea, and I think also the idea of like, it, like when I thought back, like how long did it take me to really become good at cooking? Um, even it's, you know, it's something that's been a passion my whole life, something I've been into, but like really on a professional level, you know, it took years. And I think like when jumping into something like fitness, where it's like, I had to keep reminding myself, like, hey, it took, when I, the last time I wanted to, you know, really hone and learn a skill, like it took years and I need to give this years. Um, and I think that's a really hard thing to look at because a lot of the stuff is so like six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, do this thing. And you're like, yeah, it's not going to work for me because it's like, I can't just like live off of avocados for nine weeks and run a restaurant and, you know, like drop 20 pounds. Like that's just not going to happen. Like I gotta be, this has gotta be long-term. This has to be sustainable. Um, and you know, it's the same with the growth and the cooks. It's like, you mean long-term sustainable growth. You have to be building real skills to develop as a cook, as a chef now. So it's like, I think that's the thing I've really appreciated about, you know, um, getting into fitness is learning those things. Yeah, I think that's the first time I've ever heard a non-professional uh, fitness professional speak that way about understanding the process. Like, yeah. I think that really shows that you, you know, have honed your craft and appreciated how you got there. And you really immerse yourself into that because this is like, whenever you talk to people like, yeah, yeah, I know that it won't take me 30 days or it won't take me, but they really think it will still right. in their head. So and I, that, that, was, that was beautifully said, Joe. Nice job. <laughs> yeah, I think the idea of like, you know, you guys would always say like, you know, like, don't let the panic get in. Or, you know, it's like something like that. Like, don't let the panic seek in. Like, you're starting to feel it. Like, you see it in people's face where they're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, shit look on their face. And it's the same thing with, because they turn around, they're on their station, and you see, and it's like, you know, you guys from looking at people working out, you see their body language of like, they're like, I'm going to drop this on my face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, you, 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 you know, when you run lines long enough, you turn around, you look at a cook, and you see the look on your face, and you're like, they are about to implode. Like, they are just like, you can see they start like moving pans, and they're, they're moving really fast, but nothing's happening. You're like, hey, 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 like, slow down, like, walk away from the panic like take a deep breath and just like do, just keep pushing just keep going like you just have to keep going right yeah i think um, you're a you're a trainer's dream in terms of the mindset of how it should actually work and like to to that point too like i was thinking about it yesterday I, you know i was looking at like how many plays we've had on the podcast so far and like some of our social media and stuff and like I was starting to get a little bit impatient with it. And, and then I was thinking like, who the hell am I? Like, all I do is preach consistency and patience within fitness. Right. And I'm sitting here being like all frustrated that we don't have a thousand plays by now, you know? Um, right. So yeah. And I guarantee those people who are there do something in their life that is all consistency and patience. You know what I mean? Whatever they're doing, wherever they got in their career, it's because they've been working so hard at that one thing. And I think, you know, for people like us where it's very specialized, it's very easy to do in our own tunnel, right? To be like, okay, well, I just keep working on, you know, I'm gonna butcher fish, you know, like at one point I wanna get better at fish butchering. So I was like, I'm just gonna butcher fish every morning, every morning for two years. 
I butchered fish by myself. Just so I get good at it. And then you get good at it. And then you're able to teach other people to do it. But when you go outside of your lane and you're like, I'm going to learn a new skill that, you know, isn't even close to being in my wheelhouse. So it's going to take me a lot longer to get good at, you know? And um, like for me, like running, it was like, I wanted to run a 5k. And I was like, this is just, I'm never going to be able to fucking do this. And it just took forever, took forever. Um, and then it's like, now it's like, I can, you know, run a 5k. It's like my casual run which is like nuts to me. And then it's like, when you see that progress though, you're like, okay, like we're going somewhere. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Joe, talk a little bit about um, like what you do now. Are you more teaching people? Or are you more building menus for the new restaurant coming up? Um, are you like setting up your staff? What's that process like? So right now it's very much like, you know, working on menus, but there's only so much you can do at home because it's like, this isn't, you know, a big part of the new restaurant is I built, we're building out this like nine foot custom charcoal hearth. So it's like, there's certain flavors and stuff that it's just like, I can't really emulate from here. Like I can fuck around with it and get the idea of it. And there's a couple of dishes I'm done where I'm just like made it. And I'm like, this will be, you know, this is really good. But when we can do this right, this is going to be like an awesome, like showstopper dish. Um, so it's working on that right now. And then it's more like once we get in there, you know, my role is kind of from being, you know, I think what it used to be was very much like just developing stuff nonstop, just pushing and running service. And now it's become much more what I want it to be is like, like when I was running the restaurant, it's like, how do I find time every day to teach someone something? Like I need to find 20 to 40 to an hour a day to make my staff better to make the people around me better you know to make my cooks better because if i'm not willing to take the time to make them better how can i ask them to take the time to make them better if i'm not as focused on them as they need to be on themselves like it's just you know maybe they'll do it maybe they're one of those people who are just naturally do it but you know i think for the most part if you're not taking the time and spending it with them and really coaching them up like it's just you're just not going to see the results Sure. So it's a lot of that. And I mean, and right now too, we're at the process um, with the, with the restaurant where it's like, we're like picking out chairs, picking out tiles on the floor, picking out handles on the bathroom doors, picking out, you know, um, plates, glasses, silverware, all those things like they need to happen. Cause it's like, those are the weird things that take a ton of time too. like plates take forever. It's one of those weird things where it's like, you know, you think about it, it's like every store you go in has plates, right? But if you need 400 plates, like most places don't have 400 plates. Right. And it's like you need 400 plates of 14 different kinds of plates. And then if you want anything custom on those plates, it's like you could be waiting nine months. Oh, I thought it was stressful when we were picking out our, uh, uh, all of our wedding shower stuff like that, whatever that's called. The yeah, the registry. Registry, there you go. Like doing that, like, oh, these forks, I don't care. I just want a fucking fork. I don't need a fancy ass fork, right? right. Well, then, like, the crazy thing is, like, with this is, you know, as you guys know, running a business, is, like, it's the opposite of the registry. It's, like, well, we got to pay for this shit. So, it's, like, a $7 fork to a four fifty fork is a huge difference when you're buying 400 And then what about, you know, a year from now when, you know, people, people steal shit from restaurants, like, you would not believe, and it's, like, so it's like when people take forks, when forks get thrown in the garbage, when forks disappear, and like we have to order a hundred more forks. 
is that, you know, a $700 order or a $450 order? Like, that's a really big difference. Like, so it's like a lot of, a lot of decisions right now that have really big ripple effects down the road that you're trying to, you know, make as intelligently as possible. But it's like, also, it's like, there's a level you have to be at. Like, you know, if you come in and it's like a shitty fork, you're like, really? This is, you know, it's got one fucking top chef and this is a shitty fork he gives me. <laughs> yeah. Are you, uh, are you guys seeing any delay with, uh, with the whole coronavirus thing going on right now? Not yet. Um, we're supposed to start construction in a couple of days, and construction is considered essential. So oh, we, we're not. We're still shooting late August, early September is our target. Um, so you know, all things considered, if everything goes the way it's supposed to, we should be should be fine for it. Um, yeah, so. just, like I have flashbacks all the time when we were building up the gym and just. You know, they're saying, oh, yeah, it'll be this, this many weeks, and then it keeps going beyond that and beyond that. It's like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, this is, we're, at this point, I'm too, like, I left my job five months ago, but I'm two years into this project. So it's like, we've been, you know, scouting spaces, doing lease negotiations, dealing with designers, contractors, everything. We're almost two years now. So it's like, you know, people, when I, right after Top Chef, everybody's like, you know, leave, you're going to go do your own thing. It's like, you know, people just don't understand really how much time it takes. And it's like, yeah, it's like I'm working on it, but it's like you can't just walk out the door. You know, it's like you still got to still gotta work. And like now I'm doing like a lot of consulting and stuff like that um, that I'm, you know, fortunate to be able to do, which is great and be able to have time and at home with the baby and shit. But like, you know, it's just, it takes a massive amount of time to go about, you know, a pretty big space. Like we're with, um, so we have a first floor and a basement. So like total, it's like 7,100 square feet. Okay. And then it's like, you know, you think with a restaurant, so it's like HVAC, hoods, refrigeration, like all that shit. It's like right. a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We experienced that. So you, I mean, you're a huge Chicago guy through and through. Like you love local community. Um, I feel like anytime there's ever anything that you put out, it's always like support local, you know, especially now, uh, you've been a pretty big proponent with, making sure that people support local. Um, you know, talk about some of the things you're doing right now to really get that word out. Um, you know, we, we're trying to do everything we can, me and my wife, to try to support local, but also keep our social distance. And in general, you know, at Lyft, we're really trying to build a community as well. So talk about some of the things that you're uh, putting out there right now. Yeah, I think, you know, it's important to support, you know, like what I've said to like my wife, my friends who, like well, what do we do it's like support the thing you want to be there that are on the other on the other side of this you know so it's like if there's like you know i don't drink a ton of craft beer but it's like i want these craft breweries to still be in my neighborhood when this is all said and done because they're great for the neighborhood they serve food they're you know they give back to the communities a ton um so it's like i'm gonna order a bunch of beer from them it's like you know like winers delivering beer so we're two cases of beer from them and then it's like you know gave some to neighbors, gave some to whoever, and it's like, whatever, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna to, to, to rip through that probably in quarantine. So it's like doing stuff like that, buying gift cards from restaurants where it's like, hey, like we would have probably, you know, if you guys go out to dinner once a week, like that once a week dinner, like, you know, buy a gift card to that place you would have went to, you know, that's in your neighborhood. I think like stuff like that's really great. Um, for me, fortunately, like I was able to um, auction off a couple dinners for my old crew at Spiaggia. Um, in people's homes. So we basically, we put a thing on Instagram where we said, you know, I said, I'll come cook dinner for 10 people with wine in anyone's house anywhere in the Midwest. We'll auction it off. 
So we auctioned it off. We ended up selling two of them for 10 grand a piece. So we raised, you know, 20 grand and 24 hours for the staff over there, which was awesome. Um, and, you know, just, you know, that's it. It's just like keep trying to, you know, like buy coffee from your local place. Like, you know, the coffee shop might not be open, but you probably pick up, you know, instead of, you know, buying a grocery store, you can probably pick up five pounds of coffee from them or whatever it is, you know, you need to do. And I think things like that, you know, as little as they seem go a long way, but, you know, help keep the lights on, help pay those little bills. Like that's, everybody's just trying to sustain right now and just, you know, you know, you guys, you know, know small business owners, like just keep the lights on until they can open the doors again. Right. Yeah. Uh, tell Chad what your favorite beer is, Joe. Oh, Highlight. My guy. Oh, you the Highlight guy, Chad? I, I do like Highlight. I probably prefer Miller Lite, but I do like Highlight. Yeah. Holding yeah. in a bottle. And it's, it's the champagne of beers, man. It's delicious. Well, you're a Sox fan too, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Same here. So, Southside, Miller. I'm supposed to actually get, I think, uh, Goose Island sending me over a bunch of those, uh, those White Sox Goose Island cans. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you seen those? No, I haven't. Are they like the, the stripe, like the jersey or right. what? Yeah, they're like all black and they say White Sox and it's like Goose Island White Sox beer. That's sweet. Yeah. And you got those Cubs fans drinking Budweiser's that their rival makes. It's like, come style. on. Yeah, right. You're right. You're drinking $47 Bud Lights in the bleachers, Josh. Who are you kidding? <laughs> Catalina Club, come on. Oh, the Catalina Club. Yeah. I've been out there. I've been out there. I know about it. The uh, 1940 Club, or whatever it's called. 1914 Club. 14, yeah, my wife took me there one time. That was just something I've never experienced before. I, I don't think I even watched the game because I ate the whole time. I put the burger on the menu there. Oh, really? Oh, really? Nice. So that's Levy runs those, and Levy owns Spiaggia. So I was running a burger at Cafe Spiaggia, and they had the, the head guy from Cubs was in there. And he had the burger for lunch, and he was like, oh, I want this in the 1914 club. They were like, okay. That's awesome. I don't know how to tell you this, Joe, but we had to put your burger on at Wrigley. It's like, that. Nah, right. <laughs> Fine, Listen, just don't tell anybody. Speaking of burgers, what is your go-to burger in Chicago? Mm. If it's yours, it's, I guess it's yours, but... Um, I have a couple I really like. Have you ever been to Rootstock? Because I, I think there's two categories of burgers. You have your thick burger, you know, like a burger you order, like medium rare. Um, and then there's the smash burger. So it's like for a thick burger, I think Rootstock does it as good as anybody. Um, super simple. Really, really delicious. Dry-aged beef, nice bun, uh, bacon mayo, pickled jalapeno. Like, that's it. Really good fries. Um, and then, you know, like Red Hot Ranch for a smash burger. Yes. So I live so, like three blocks from it. I love Red Hot Ranch. I don't think I've ever had that. Have you been to Rootstock? I have not. Where is that? Uh, Augusta in California. Okay. So is that West Town? It's like, it's Humboldt Park. Okay. It's like East Humboldt Park. But they, their wine list is crazy. But it's like you can go there and drink, you know, like a badass bottle of Italian wine and have, you know, a burger. So Chad and I went to a... Uh, Both house, beef house, however you want to pronounce it. Both house? Yeah. So we sat at the bar and we were like, oh, we're going to get steaks. But then they said, we have this burger. I'm like, oh, man, I got to crush a burger at a place like this. And I was a little underwhelmed by the burger, I got to say. Yeah. I mean, I was really expecting this to be like just the most juicy, like unctuous burger we've had. And I was a little underwhelmed. But my favorite lately um, has been an Owen and Engine. 
that thing is just like I can put that thing away and fries. Mm. Oh. The the burger or the sandwiches at Bell House for lunch though, that's like the move, man. They're so good. Like they do this both on whack that is just like insane. So good. And the steaks there are pretty awesome. The next time I'm getting a steak. Yeah, they were getting best round. They look pretty good. Yeah. Steak and yeah. bourbon. That's where it's at. Well, steak and bourbon. Steak and bourbon. Yeah, their bourbon list is good too. But uh, well, Joe, do you have anything else for us? Anything you wanted to touch on or all good? No, man. I mean, thank you guys for, for having me on. I'll have to come uh, come hit a workout with you guys and my, my boy my boy Mikey McLean over there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe my boy Dory back in too. He's been at my I know, you know, I just, I'm not over there anymore, you know, and I think it's, for me, one of the things is like, because I don't, you know, I'm not looking forward to, you know, doing squats, it's like, it has to have some level of convenience for me, and so it's like, I need a gym by where I work, like, otherwise, it's just like, there's no way, like, you know, and it's, uh, I was training up at Hi-Fi for a while, um, and like, you know, what I was training with up there is like, when are you going to come back up, it's like, I'm not over there anymore. You just, you know what I mean? You're going to go, it's like, you know, your pizza place needs to be in your neighborhood and your gym needs to be by where you work. It's like what I feel like. It's just kind of one of those things. Like, like it's just, it makes the most sense. So it's like, so when I go back to the West Loop, I got to start looking for somewhere over there. I've heard there's a couple of good ones, but you know, maybe, maybe we'll see lift, lift West Loop open. Yeah. Market's got to come down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I miss those back in the day when you guys were at that other spot. I think you do them now too. Those, those like thirty-minute hit classes. Do you guys still do those? Yeah. Well, those forty-five. We're doing forty-five, but are oh, you doing forty-five? But yeah. those, those were the best. Mm -hmm. That was like just like that was my favorite because it was just like we're just gonna go in, we're gonna run downhill on fire for forty-five minutes, and then you're just done. <laughs> yeah, man, we do those all the time now. So uh, if you're ever looking for one, you ever want to get a little sweat in, come on by. We're not far yeah. from West Loop. We're right off the highway. I know where you are. Yeah, exactly. Don't tell me where you are. <laughs> tell me where you are. I don't know where you're at. Come on. I'll even send Mikey McLean out to Valley your car for you. Oh, wow. Wow, that's, that's service, man. That would be <laughs> some service. <laughs> well, Joe, tell, uh, tell everyone where they can find you, social media, website, where do, you, where do people like to Yeah, so um, if you're looking for me, I'm at uh, InstaFlam on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Twitter as well there. Um, and then joeflam.com for all the updates on the new restaurant and all that stuff. Cool. I like the segment where Joe goes on the website. It's clever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good. We're working on it, man. We've just been doing, you know, I see you guys out there doing the same, but it's like right now it's like all you can really do is social media stuff. And like just kind of keep trying to build that following. So like for me, like me and Steph have been doing cooking segments together and stuff. And it's like you just got to keep, you know, building the brand, pushing the brand. And Absolutely. Hope we make it to the other side of this shit. Yeah, yeah. honestly. That'd be nice. Come up and have some of those dovetails. Yeah, man. I'm telling you that if you're into those Czech beers, that place is really cool. And it's, I mean, I know it's on the north side, but it's uh, it's in the middle of like, there's like railroad tracks right there and it's like all industrial. So you wouldn't even know where you are. Where is it at? It's uh, in Ravenswood. So it's oh, yeah. off of Ravenswood and uh, it's almost to like, I want to say uh, Wilson. It's it's pretty far north, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it's really like there's another place. Beguile Brewing is right there as well. It's yeah. right in the corner. But Dovetail is like all Czech beer. They have a lot of special ones that they only have in in, uh, in store as well. And it was a really cool spot. I'll have to check it out after uh, once we're allowed to leave the house again. 
Yep. All right, boys. We'll be safe. Wash your hands. Get your squats in. For sure. Thanks, Joe. Really I'm appreciate you. Starting your games. Starting a game. I'm about to get hit it up right now. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. All right. See you, Joe. Thank you, man.